Hi, this is Bobby Corella. Skin Wade is my best friend in the whole wide world, and you are listening to Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. Hello and welcome to the Corner 3, where we're posted up and spotted up talking Dallas Mavericks, all things NBA on and off the floor on 97.1 The Freak, the Mavs YouTube channel, which we are actually going to be on this time, unlike the last few times when I lied to you out there in the world, sorry for that, Spotify, iTunes, etc. My name is Bobby Corella. I hope you, wherever you are, wherever you are, whether you're down the street listening on your car, whether you're on the other side of the world listening on your cellular phone device, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I hope that over the course of the next couple hours, it's going to get even better. And that's right, I said the corner three. Unlike last week, we got the whole gang here. They're all here to my immediate two o'clock. (laughs) hello gang's back together i love it feels good it does it's been our first time in the studio in a a long time in a while yes there's been a freeze there's been some traveling we're gonna get into that don't you worry how we spent our all-star break that's coming up in seggy three (laughs) but it's good to see you cat good to be seen (laughs) at my 12 45 the great Isaac Harris. Isaac, what's up? And Bobby's so excited to talk about his All-Star Weekend. <laughs> I'm, I'm, He's ready. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited for him to talk about <laughs> I've it. I've been looking forward to this all week since our since Katya and I had our big high leverage production meeting yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Planning out the whole show. Off the top, I gotta ask you, you played Luca AI the other day in chess. Who won? The first game. Okay, so you probably played him like 15 times. Yeah, Luca AI is a chess.com bot. I've played against him a lot. The first time I played Luca, he was rated 400, so I just mopped the floor with him. But now, Luca, as of Friday, was above 2300. So on Thursday night, I played Luca. He was rated like 2186 or like 2232 or something. And I lost several, but I did get a couple wins against Luca AI. So that's, I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. Does for he that. play at like a slow pace? <laughs> uh, no, it's a bot. He plays fast, man. Luca AI does not mess around. Hey. If you out there, here's a good plug for you, Chopper. Uh, thanks for the suggestion on the screen. If you out there want to learn more about Luca AI and you want to see me style all over computers and prove that mankind is better than machines, you can head to the Mavs YouTube channel and check out a video of me playing against Luca AI in chess. I went 2-0. and I did not lose any of those games. That was unedited, right? That was all one take, Tammy. <laughs> Um, but I have lost plenty of time since like then. Robot versus robot. Okay. I have feelings too. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I am overheating. Okay. Let's get into some basketball talk. God, this is going to be a great show. Segment three, we're talking about All Star Break, but segments <laughs> one, two, and four, we are going in on the sports. You're, you're just ready for segment three. You're all ready. I'm. <laughs> Had a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> I did wake up bright and early, actually. I got out of bed at 6.45 this morning, believe no, you it or didn't. not. Yeah, I did. Wow. I needed to do some reading for the book club today, and I also needed to get ready for this show. And If you're listening to the radio, on. 1 o'clock. <laughs> Make sure you are listening at 1 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, Mavs played the Spurs Thursday night. 142 to 116 is the win. That is the most points in a game that the Mavs have scored this season, and the most points they've scored... Since all the way back on February 12th, 20 and 21. Okay. That's against the New Orleans Pelicans. That was before Ice Apocalypse, I'm pretty sure. Mm. That's like ancient, ancient history at this point. Luca had, I think, 46 points of that game. KP had 36. Zion, I think, shot like 14 of 15 from the field in that game. Just an epic game. All of a sudden, Dallas got some offense. 
in this game against the Spurs on Thursday night. They shoot 22 of 42 from three, their second most makes from three in a game this year, and their highest three-point percentage in a game this season uh, as a team in this league at, at this juncture. juncture. So a great, terrific offensive performance from the Mavs. It's got everybody talking. We even got pipes making sounds in the studio. So if you hear that, bear with us. But we're going to talk about Luka and Kyrie in the next segment. But I want to talk about the quote-unquote other guys first. Okay. Okay. We had a couple guys make. We had one guy make their debut. We had another guy return from injury, but in an interesting way. So Tim Hardaway Jr. came off the bench for the Mavs. Now he's been starting for a while, uh, for the last couple months. Missed some games, like the ankle sprain or something, um, but came back to action in that game on Thursday night and came off the bench. Dallas went with the starting lineup of Luka, Kyrie, Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, and Dwight Powell. Tim had 22 points on 7 of 12 shooting. He hit six threes, one of his best games in a while. He'd been struggling lately. Uh, what are your thoughts on how he played and also the, the long-term viability of him as a six-man again, if that's going to be the case? I've always thought Tim is good whenever you switch him his role because it kind of like shakes it up a little bit so seeing him have a 20 plus point game coming off the bench is really I mean I think it's good and I think he's a good leader to lead that squad as well because he's kind of he's tenured here at the Mavericks like he kind of knows what to do and so I think I think him kind of being the guy off the bench is is a good role for him. It gives a little bit more punch to the bench. You know, I think one of the, you know, it's hard to take, you know, too many takeaways against, you know, a game. Yeah, that, for sure. You know, most people can't even name the starting lineup for the most part for the Spurs losing 15 in a row. We just got to soak that in for a second. The Spurs just suck, and that's, that's a good thing. You know, it's a... They've lost 20 of their last 21 games yeah they're not great we went through too many years of the duncan years of you know them being good so we have to you know just soak it in that they're horrible um but no i mean you look at the bench you know last night against the spurs uh or two nights ago against spurs that you know they have 50 58 points off the bench and you know tim was a big part of that like you said but now if you you know that's the starting lineup that i I think that they will go with you know maybe we'll see what what happens when maxi comes back depends on you know, matchups and all that. But if you want to put a label on it, the defensive starting lineup, the best defensive starting lineup, even though... Um, this is all relative. Yeah, yeah, defense, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> Tim going to the bench, you pair him with Christian Wood, Justin Holiday we'll talk about. Uh, and then who, whatever point guard's going to, you know, be on the floor as they alternate the minutes between Kyrie mm-hmm. and Luka. He plays really well off Kyrie and Luka. We know he can play well with Luka, but I feel like he's played well with Kyrie also. So, Tim, during the 2021 season, okay, that's the COVID year. There weren't a lot of fans in the building. He and Jalen Brunson both came off the bench for the Mavs that season and both finished top five in six-man-of-the-year voting. Tim mm-hmm. was excellent as a reserve. Jason Kidd comes along, started the 21-22 season. Tim is still coming off the bench and was really bad. I mean, he had, like, some of the, the worst stretch of his career, got put in the starting line, it played way better, right, and then got hurt. Um, the same thing happened in the 2019-20 season. Sometimes he gets off the bench. Sometimes he's starting. Same in 2021. Same now this season. Starts the season coming off the bench. Really struggled. Jason Kidd bumps him into the starting lineup, and he was brilliant for like a month. Katya, there is something to what you were saying. Like, it feels like whether it's a promotion or a demotion, if you want to call it that. I don't think it's either. I think it's just a change in your role for 
for the time. You shake things being, up. Yeah, it's like just, leasing a car, you know? Like, yeah. Mm. Drive a car for a little bit, and it's like, oh, let me switch it up. I'm going to go get a Jeep now. Yeah. Or, but I say all that to say, like, we've seen him be really good as a starter. We've also seen him be really good as a sub. Yeah. I guess maybe it does just depend on the weather, or maybe it's like uh, every like full moon cycle. You, you if it's tweak dad's it a little in the bit. building, yeah, you know, you know is the game being played in Michigan or like near the state of in Michigan? Miami, yeah, in Miami, in he Miami, always pops yeah. off too. So, uh, is a very interesting guy to predict. But Isaac, like you were saying, if your bench is Tim Wood, Maxi, Wing Guy X, and then you're always going to have one of Luca or Kyrie on the floor, sometimes both, even playing against backups. Kind of the whole point of the Mavs second unit, as we know it now with Christian Wood, is if you're out there, man, you can just get your game off. Like you yeah. can just go, you could just go do pretty much whatever you want. There are no rules, and Tim really kind of thrives in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever it's only Luca in the starting lineup, I feel like Tim is a really good fit next to Luca because he's not afraid to like dribble the ball. He's not afraid to shoot, you know. But whenever it's Luca and Kyrie. There's less touching. There's less. Maybe you're playing uh, with not as much rhythm. It turns him more into like that wing guy instead of like, yeah, just straight up catch and shoot instead of being like the secondary guard. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're playing in that second unit, there's only going to be one of those guys. Yeah. There's only one Luca or one Kyrie. Mm -hmm. And then Tim can just, I mean, we saw it against the Spurs. Again, it is only the Spurs, but we also saw it too whenever the Mavs played against the Clippers. Uh, and Luca was out and Kyrie was in, mm-hmm. Tim has a lot more freedom to go where he wants to go, kind of do what he wants to do, and that kind of can get him into a rhythm. You know, shoot or shoot, right? You're going to go through cold spells. Tim can shoot himself out of a funk very quickly, um, and I, I think that maybe this is the answer. But conversely, if you do roll with the Tim Wood Maxi second unit, that means that Josh Green is kind of penciled in as your starter. You know, Reggie Bullock, yeah, Reggie Bullock obviously, you know, was was I guess the guy that was promoted to the starting lineup in place of Tim, but if you're committed to bringing Tim off the bench, it also means you're committed to starting Josh Green. So, how do we feel about Josh Green as a starter? We haven't really talked about him too much on this program over the last couple of weeks because we haven't really talked at all on this program over the last <laughs> 2 weeks. So, what have, what have been your thoughts on on Green as a starter so far? I think he's done really well. You know, he shot the ball uh, a lot better. He, you know, has more confidence this year. Just pulling up, you know, his three-point percentage this year. I mean, he's shooting it. A oh, lot I thought faster. you were going to give us the stats as a starter. Oh, no. no. Well, <laughs> I, was, I was looking at his three-point percentage because he's shooting at, what, 41% from, from three this year. And for Josh, that's what it all hinges on for me. And moving forward, you know, I think Jason Kidd um, – you know, made a you know I should say a joke, but he made a comment about Justin Holiday, you know, having some spot starting, you know, games or or whatever. And you know, I think that's the spot. I think it's Josh's spot that it would be the one that would okay. Would they entertain moving Josh, you know, to the bench here here and there if his shot's not going down? Because you do have the Kyrie Luca pairing that can create and do all the things. You just need you need the guys to be in the corners at that point. You need the guys that have the very defined roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, if they can do more than that, like a Josh, and he's shooting the ball really well, then great, let's do it. But if he goes in a slump, then you could you have the versatility to put him in the bench unit and say, all right, now we can add Josh to Maxi, Christian Wood, Tim, and even make the bench unit a little bit more versatile in that way. But I like him as a starter. As long as his shot's going down, they need his defense to – Obviously, losing Dorian, you lose mm-hmm. a wing defender in Dorian. 
still uh, they need Josh out there to guard some of these, especially some of these like smaller, you know, point guards and stuff that, you know, they don't really have a lot of size you know, defending on the wing right now. So Reggie's almost having to guard up a little bit at what Reggie's what six 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 five something like that. Yeah, like a buck sixty. Yeah, I mean, and, Justin Holiday's listed at six six one eighty. I mean, these are not very thick yeah. guys. Yeah, so he's having you know he's going to have to guard the Kawhis of the world right now, uh, at least until Maxi gets back. So. You almost have to have Josh out there to guard the Damian Lillards of the world and stuff like that. Cat, Josh can do some things that I love Dorian Finney-Smith, but Josh can do some things that guys like Finney-Smith, mm-hmm. Reggie Bullock, even Tim can't necessarily do, which is put the ball on the floor and make plays for other people, which whenever you're playing off Luke and Kyrie is super important because yeah. you are going to have some a little bit of freedom to kind of create and attack the basket. Yeah, and this is something that I noticed even before, like, the Mavs acquired Kyrie, was that Josh's passing game this season was getting a lot better. And he's kind of seeing, like, the court more open. And so he's able to kind of, like, put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, kick it out, which, like, once Jalen, like, opened that up in his game, like, it completely changed the game for him last season. Because I remember seeing that development in him. And so seeing that in Josh is really awesome. But then he's also, like, a lob threat. I mean, I know last night he had a couple of those little blunders where, like, he didn't, you know, kind of just, like, butterfingers. On such a nice pass. I know, I know, I know. He tried to jump, though. Like that's It was a, so weird. It's a bounce pass. Josh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh loves like, his jump passes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but it, it's, it's cool to see him developing. It, he's someone we have talked about all season as, like, this has been a pleasant surprise and seeing his progression. Um, and I I love to see him starting. I also, I, I've been liking seeing him close games too. So I, I think it's something that you earn and I think he has definitely earned it. I agree. I agree. There is a lot of pressure on him to perform though if he's going to remain in the starting lineup. Make no mistake. For he, sure. He's got to deliver. Um, one guy that made his debut in that Spurs game, Justin Holiday. He goes five of seven from the floor. That includes five of six from beyond the arc. Those five makes tied for the most made threes ever in a Mavs debut, tying the great Antoine Walker in 2003. Second place on that list, by the way, Kyrie Irving and Christian Wood, who both made four this season. So we are in the three-point era. So obviously he made all his shots, and when you make all your shots, that's awesome. But can Holiday be a consistent rotation player for this team? Where does he fit in and how does he fit in? Is he a guy that we're going to see on a night-to-night basis? Uh, what, is, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on where and how he fits into this thing? I mean, 15 points in 21 minutes, if, if that's consistent, yeah, <laughs> you've, you've earned a spot. Obviously, like we talk about, it was the Spurs, so we'll see you know, what happens tomorrow versus the Lakers but you know it'll be a big game it's gonna be a big game we're talking about that that homestand coming up here soon. yeah absolutely but I mean just off first glance if if this is what he's bringing to the table um I'm here for it I like it give him minutes yeah I think he'll have a defined role I mean obviously you know he hit five threes in his first game but you know he's he's a really good shooter he's 33 he had some experience to the you know bench unit and the rotation um, you know, he played in Indiana and he shot, you know, a couple of years up there over 40% from three, uh, you know, obviously had his little stint in Atlanta and stuff, but yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. Um, you know, he, he is exactly what Nico said they were looking for in the, in the buyout market, looking for mm-hmm. some wings. Uh, he could play a little bit of defense too. You know, I, I don't think he's getting any, you know, defensive player of the year votes, but he can at least, you know, play some defense. And I think you just look at it and say, 
All right, you're looking for when you build out a rotation, especially playoff time. A lot of time the rotation shrinks, and you're looking at like an eight man, you know, sometimes seven. But can he be good enough to be like the eighth and ninth man when you start looking at him versus Frank, him versus Theo, him versus Jaden Hardy? He just adds a little bit more um, size to that, and probably the best shooter out of all of them too. So. I yeah, think he has a spot. I agree with you. And especially like, you know, in, in the playoffs, if like someone gets in foul trouble, like he's definitely like that guy that's like right there on the cusp of like, yes, he's getting minutes and he'll get even more if like cir- circumstances allow. And he's going to get his shots. I mean, that's this is the thing why he came here. He was asked, you know, after the mm-hmm. game about, you know, coming to Dallas. He's like, well, yeah, Kyrie and Luca. There you go. <laughs> you know, that's because he knows like yeah. a shooter can come to Dallas and say, all right, well, I get to do what I do best, shoot, shoot open shots because you're going to get them playing with Kyrie and Luka. And the Mavs take the most corner threes per game at 11.4. Only one other team takes more than 10. So Thursday versus the Spurs, at one point they were 9 of 13 from corner threes. Not bad. So I'll Very take good. that. Yeah, four of Holiday's <laughs> makes were from down there too. There is something to be said. I It was very conspicuous. Jaden Hardy was not part of the rotation against the Spurs. Um, I know fans are very excited. In fact, I'm very excited about Jaden Hardy. I did a film room about Josh and Jaden Hardy. Uh, you can check it out on the Mavs YouTube channel. But so many plugs. I, I was just going to say that. I was like, I'm becoming dang. a real radio professional. I like it. Right? You got to go to the Mavs. This is this is an audio good. medium, but I'm trying to make us visual too, baby. Very good. Very good. <laughs> but. There is something to be said for both uh, the acquisition of Holiday off the buyout market and also the inclusion of Markeith Morris in that trade with the Nets. Now, Morris has yet to make his debut with the Mavs. I'm assuming he will at some point, not just rack up DNPs, um, but we'll see. But both of those guys um, have been on some very good teams. Holiday was not really a major contributor on the Warriors team that won the title, but he was on that team. Uh, Markeith Morris was a rotation player, played 18, 20 minutes a game for the Lakers throughout their run to the championship in the bubble in 2020. Isaac, I know you have a lot of strong opinions on that one, but it did happen. Okay. Did it. it did happen. That is something well, that happened. On, it was televised. I don't know if it counted. Um, but but these, gu- these two guys are both on the other side of 30, okay, while Jaden Hardy's like 20 years old. Uh, Josh Green is very young too. But you know, there is something to be said for just guys that know how to play. Right, guys that just you can put in the game. They've been in a, this situation before. It's not too big for them. The lights aren't going to be too bright or whatever. You're not asking them to go out and score 15. If they can, that's pretty sick. You know, if Justin Holiday, if you can just make five threes, that's pretty cool. Do that yeah. all the time. But if you just need to fill eight minutes because a guy's in foul trouble or because one of their better players is going off and you need a guy to, to play some defense or a guy's out, maybe Luka gets hurt and you just need someone to give you a few more minutes or something. There's something to be said to have uh, just stable, relatively reliable players that know their role, that know what to do and all that stuff. And the Mavs have really kind of been sorely lacking those players, in my opinion, because while the core players of this team, you know, over the last few years, your Dorians, your Pals, your Maxi, Reggie Bullock, Tim, like they're all getting older. They're now all in their upper 20s or, or, or young, lower 30s, newly 30s, early 30s. There you go. The young team. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a young <laughs> team. But no, like they're all kind of going through a lot of these first together, first playoff series, first playoff run or whatever. They need some external vets that kind of like know yeah. what it's like, you know. And so I, I feel like if nothing else, those guys can provide that, just like the know-how and the basketball IQ to play. Any extra production on the floor is just like a bonus. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, if you have Tim, Christian, Maxi, 
Holiday and then one of either Luca or Kyrie. Like I'm very happy with that second unit. Yeah, that's a that's a very positive Absolutely. second unit. Yeah. Starting caliber players yeah. across the board. Yeah, and, and no no Javel too. I mean, that's one of the things looking at the rotation last night. Javel been playing a little bit prior to the Yeah, once Kyrie break. got acquired, JaVale got some more minutes. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Any, any some of it, Dwight was in foul trouble, but some of it, too, was just they needed him. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it was a San Antonio thing about, you know, basically they just have Zach Collins in there. Um, but, you know, that's looking at some of the rotation stuff. It's like, all right, JaVale, Jaden, both of those kind of not in the rotation bench unit, you know, looking like those four guys off the bench. Uh, in closing, we only have one minute, so, of course, I'm going to bury the the negative Nancy stuff right at the end. Do it. Be the defense, guys. What are the defense? Um what are we going to do about the defense? <laughs> Scale 1 to 10. How uh, worried are you about the defense? I'm not a grader. I is I'm it not defense gonna like is one the best <laughs> in this case cuz we're talking about defense? Like what is the one is the most you're worried? not worried, 10 is okay. you're calling better help. You really you got to you got to fix the defense. I I'll refuse to rate. That. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm not rating. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fix it, though. Spurs, yeah. what is it, 60 points of the paint or something? 66. 66. They average 112 a game. They put up 116. Um, and Total points doesn't really matter to me, but points of the paint, tough. Yeah. You know? Very so tough. That's what, like five or six games in a row that they've allowed more than 60 points in the paint? I mean, like, holy smokes. But hey, somebody very wise once said... People don't show up to watch 80 to 80. That's true. We got to make the games fun. Yeah. We got to so make 142 it is. Yeah, 142, 160. Hey, I'll take that. You score 142 <laughs> points, you're going to win a lot. Okay, coming up next, we're going to talk about two guys very responsible for the 142. We're going to explore the Luca Kyrie duo tandem partnership players next on the corner three. Welcome back to the Corner 3 and Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak, etc. You got Bobby, you got Kat, you got Isaac. What's up? You got Chopper on the ones and twos, uh, Mikeless Chopper, but just trust that he is also waving <laughs> and happy and excited to be here and making some Mavs content for yeah. the good people of DF Dub and uh, the planet Earth. Yeah. I mean, now that we're on the internet, you can watch us anywhere. Yeah. Who's the... Who lives the furthest away? Who is taking in and engaging with this Mavs content the furthest away from DFW? If you're watching on YouTube, comment below. If you're listening on the radio, just scream it out loud. We'll hear you. Dude, you are <laughs> a professional radioer and YouTuber. Incredible right now. I, I am so proud. <laughs> I'm learning from the best. Wow. I'm, I'm watching a lot of Locked On Mavs. <laughs> just comment Another anything. Plug. Comment anything. Just literally comment anything. anything. Subscribe below. <laughs> Hit the anything. subscribe, ring that bell icon, <laughs> uh, do all the other things that you that you need to do. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Okay, in this segment, <laughs> it's going to be open-ended. We're talking about two creative geniuses in this segment, so I didn't want to structure it too much. I got a couple questions just in case we need to guide the conversation, but we had a trade deadline reaction show two weeks ago. Mm-hmm where it was me and Skin, and then it was me and uh, Isaac and Austin talking about the deadline. We had not seen Luka and Kyrie play together to that point. Then, last week, it was sort of weird, and we didn't really do that much. So we haven't really talked about Luka and Kyrie playing together. We've only seen them play a few games. It's not like we got you know a wealth of data off of which to base our opinions or anything. But 
One thing we do know before we get talking about how they make us feel and everything is that we don't want to call them a duo. Kyrie was uh, told you about that, actually, yeah, Isaac. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. really? Well, hold on. I missed this. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I was working on something about them, and I was wanting to ask about their pairing, like what mm-hmm. makes you know a duo great. He actually used the word duo right before me in, in a thing. He's talking about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and that duo in Boston. So they are a duo. So I just played off of them and said, hey, speaking of duo, like what makes a duo great? Now, he gave, he gave a great leader answer. You're, he's right next to Markeith Morris, too. So he's like, uh, you know, I, I don't like the you know, duo label kind of, you know, overvalues or like, no, what did he say? He was paraphrasing. It looks past the work of the other teammates, the picks and everything that makes you know, okay. players great. It's a great answer. But yeah, I mean, and I think I would do the same thing if I was him, too. I would, I would want to stay away from the duo talk because what a leader does you don't Luca wanna... doesn't like being the me and the me and the rest of the guys you know like the no i don't i don't think any like... of them do i yeah. think if you play a team sport like it's about the team and you're not going to make it about your team. some guys no. <laughs> other guys maybe not so much <laughs> the guys on the mavs yeah, yeah, as, yeah. Uh, like I, as far as i can remember like we haven't had a dude that's like about himself. all about me yeah like it's mm. it starts with dirk right like He's just I'm sure there's been some role players come through uh, here. Huh? You know, but I'm talking about like the actual <laughs> guys that are actually. Oh, you know. See, you're doing what Kyrie doesn't want you to do. You're yeah. you're otherizing. But yeah, <laughs> I mean it's, it's not even yeah, it's leaders. not even a semantic thing, but I think like Connect four. generally we are going to talk about the Luca Kyrie dynamic, I guess, maybe, you know. Um and I think there's something to what Kyrie said too, because let's let's talk about their their styles. Stylistically it really feels like now again it's early and it's small sample blah 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 blah, but the Mavs are passing the ball way more since Kyrie made his debut. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more movement. There's a lot more involvement and kind of like empowering and engagement with the other players on this team. To where, like the if there was any sort of like Luca and everyone else, the the barrier between that is now like completely shattered. Like the ball is whizzing around the court and that i feel like starts with the addition of Kyrie. so stylistically how does Kyrie's game differ or compare to or how is it similar to or or completely opposite of of luca's game yeah it's just a it's a it's just a different style it's a different type of initiating the offense you know Kyrie likes to you know, get the ball and, and let's let's get it going. Like, you know, let's get a rebound and get up the floor. Let's, you know, keep the ball move, moving. Uh, we know that Kyrie's one of the best isolation players literally of all time. Like, the dude could come down every time and say, all right, let me cook you. But he doesn't. It's like, hey, let me just get the ball to, you know, another person and keep on, you know, move. You know, I think one of the things that has, I, I know this is like one of your questions later, so I'm kind of bleeding over into this, of, now that he's on the Mavs and we're watching every single minute of him playing basketball, one of the things for for me is watching him play off the ball is it's just been amazing for me to watch. Like Steph is one of the best off the ball, you know, cutters, movers I've ever seen. But to see how smart Kyrie is with his angles and, you know, even his moves off the ball using his head. Like there was this one one thing against Minnesota where he was like faking out people just with his head movements of like where he was going to go while moving off the ball. He didn't even have the ball. Um, so it's just two different styles, right? It's like, you know, you have, you know, Luca loves to be the quarterback who, 
you know, picks apart the defense. He loves to let me slow it down, let me get it in slow motion, basically. And I'm so smart that I'm gonna like I can find the open guy or get a mm-hmm. bucket almost every single time. And Kyrie's like, hey, let me let, let's go, let's let's run, let's pass, let's do this. It's it's kind of like a if you had like Peyton Manning and Barry Sanders on the same team, it's like, all right, let me you know let me call audibles and pick apart the linebackers and all this stuff. But then it's like, all right, well, let's just hand it off to another guy too, you know, Barry Sanders and say, hey, just go do your thing and be this electric, fast-paced, two different styles, two successful styles. But it's it's that pairing and those styles is something so fascinating to watch from a basketball standpoint of, all right, where's the give and take when they're mm. on the floor together, which style will win out, if we want to say that. What's, what, what is better for the team? I, I don't know, but it's just two different styles, and I think it's really fun to watch. Yeah, just to kind of second what you said, it's uh, the thing that stands out the most to me is just the two different styles of the guys. So, like, Luca, very slow-paced, like, very, like, calculated, and Kyrie is very, like, run and gun, like, let's go, like, move the ball and, like, find the open guy that way. And I have noticed, like, with Kyrie's passing as well, it's, like, he gets the ball and like he already knows what he's going to do. And we've talked about this before of like you have that split second of like uh, advantage. And he absolutely uses it all the time. And I think it just adds to like the team's arsenal of like how do you want to play? How do you want to approach this game? Do we want to go faster? Do we want to go slower? Like and, and having the options is, is really nice. Yeah, whenever they're on the floor together, Kyrie moves more off the ball than anybody has in the Luka era. Yes. Yeah. They're they're finding creative ways to get him the ball, but also he just like he just moves around because he just knows how to play. Yeah, he just knows. I don't know. It's it's kind of this intangible thing. Like he just really kind of knows. I don't know. Maybe we say it's feel for the game. It's this mm-hmm. unquantifiable kind of thing. This trait that he has. Like he's just always in the right spot, and he just always yeah. finds the right guy. And then Very, when the game is going through him, it's like. Dude, the dude has handles of like I, I I never really watched a ton of his like games before he was on the team and incredible. Like I think one of the best ball handlers like ever. Yeah, he can just get yeah, wherever just, he wants. Yeah. Isaac, I was I was also thinking of Luca as Peyton Manning, but I was thinking of Kyrie as like Mahomes or like Josh Allen mm. or somebody where mm. it's like they can do the same exact stuff, but they also just have this like explosive potential that is just like yeah you know and that's not to take away from luca i think that's like the most important thing too is there's like yeah. this already this like this civil war brewing in the mavs fan base no, of like on. oh i don't like that. luca stands like Kyrie. That. like yeah. d- luca doesn't need to adjust for the second best player Kyrie needs to make the adjustment whatever um it's kind of like a like woody and buzz lightyear you know <laughs> like you get the flashy new toy and kind of <laughs> forget wholesome. forget what woody's capable of or something like i have a buzz lightyear meme that's that's way pre-trade way <laughs> yeah. pre-trade uh that was even pre-spencer denwitty that's a, that's how long ago we're talking about but <laughs> uh you have these two guys that are capable of the same thing which is like scoring 40 points in their sleep and they can go about it in completely different ways yeah. now i think the 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 most interesting uh thing to watch down the stretch is how can they sort of alchemize this together if, mm-hmm. if that's the word alchemize is that a word yeah it sounds uh, great i just really want to i just love the word alchemy and it sounds sort of like cool wow um if jason kidd is an alchemist how can he how can he like blend these two things together and make it something that's 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 really cool um we saw elements of that in the spurs game for the first time now dallas also not coincidentally had its first practice where both luca and Kyrie participated uh ever 
So that was cool the day before the Spurs game. And we saw particularly in this two-minute stretch to close the first half, there was plays where you know Luka got doubled. It was swing-swing to Kyrie who found the open guy in the corner. Um, there was another sequence where Kyrie got doubled but just used his quickness to beat the guy around the corner. There was another sequence where Kyrie attacked the lane early in the clock, crossed a guy over, went behind his back or something, ended up in the lane, drew in the defense, kicked it out to Luka for a trailing three, by the way. Uh, that Luca took mm-hmm. as a catch and shoot three, which I thought was pretty sick. We don't see that very often. No. And so I think as they continue to play more together, we'll see more interplay between the two. Um, I think there's a lot of very powerful things that they can do that they they haven't really explored yet. Most um, notably, Luca setting screens for Kyrie. Yeah, I that, think is going to be pretty nasty. That pick and roll is going to be fun. Yeah. Once that happens, because you're not switching a small into Luca, and so you have to react in some way that you really don't want to, mm-hmm. uh, desperately, hopelessly want to avoid. But I think that's the like the final frontier. Um, but in the meantime, I feel like you can very easily blend the the two together. Um, the uh, the the closing thought on this before I finally shut up is. I went back and watched the 2016 finals. That was LeBron and Kyrie, arguably at their peak. They won the championship against the best team. To that point, the best team of all time or whatever. It was unbelievable how much time Kyrie or LeBron, whichever player didn't have the ball, spent in the corner, just standing in the corner, not part of the action. I think that we there's this sort of like Mandela effect of like they were involved in every single play together directly. No, that is not the case. If the Warriors had their best defender on Kyrie, it was, hey, LeBron, get the ball, go to work. I'm going to go stand over here and get out of your way. They were kind of doing with Kyrie and LeBron what Rick Carlisle did with KP in the 2021 Clippers series that made everybody mad, kind of using him as like a decoy to get Kawhi away from Luka. The Cavs did that against the Warriors and it won them a title. Now, it's a slightly different era, but Kyrie is accustomed to doing the stand around and watch thing, the my turn, your turn thing. I feel like Luca will be willing to do that. He was kind of willing to do that with Brunson last year. Um, but I feel like there's more scripted stuff, more diagrammed stuff, more drawn up stuff that you can run with the two of them in addition to the stand around stuff. So I, I just wouldn't get mad if they do one or the other. That's why I was never really worried about the pairing of them together because of kind of the one Kyrie's past, but also Kyrie's um, you know experience on the floor and who he's played with of, it's not like you traded for a guy who is 23 mm-hmm. and has never been there and it's just, you know, trying to just make his name in the league and all of that. I would have some questions in like, all right, let's see how can you play off? Can you do this? Can you stand in the corner and not get mad? All this stuff. We know who Kyrie's played with. The Rons, KDs, James Hardens of the world. He's won a title. He's done that before. He's older. And it's like, if there's anybody who's going to come in and say, you know what, I know how to play off the ball. I, I've done it. I've done it at the highest level with the best of players. So in a way, it's like, all right, like if there's if there's a dude to come in and play off the ball and play at that high of a level like Kyrie can play at, it's a dude with that type of past on the basketball court. So that's why I was like never really super worried about their, their pairing. And that's, I, I think it's, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, with as many, like you said, like with as many like superstar all stars that Kyrie has played alongside, like I had, I, I, I wasn't worried about how he was going to fit with Luca. Like he'll, he's figured it out with all the other guys. Like he'll, he'll figure it out. It's here. just so cool that now we have a guy that, you know, there, like you might have before as a Mavs fan, been like, all right, I'm gonna go get some, uh, you know, goldfish from the from the pantry when Luca checks out of the game. 
or if you're at the yeah. game, it's like, all right, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, hit up that uh, the Pizza Hut breadsticks or go to the bathroom. Lucas checked out. I'm going to go shop at the, the Mavs fan shop, now known as the hangar. Get, get some... Grab some gear. Yeah, represent. gear. Represent. <laughs> get ready to make some noise whenever Luca comes yeah. back. I'm so I'm so impressed by your plugs today. It's <laughs> incredible. Um, but now, like now, you can't do that, right? Like now, yeah. now we have Kyrie Irving on the floor that at this almost at the same level as Luca is just as entertaining, just as fun, just as highlight mm-hmm. producing. You know that, and the team's you know playing well when he's on the floor. So. That's a that's a fun part of this pairing as a Mavs fan. It's like, man, there's really no no time on no the floor. Downtime. Yeah, there's no downtime of a Mavs game now. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it I, it's just it's so cool to see those two guys together. Luca running offense is like solving the world's toughest calculus problem a hundred times a game. Kyrie running offense is like listening to like Wynton Marsalis just jam. You know, like it's just it's just so cool either way. And uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to be able to figure it out together. Yeah, one way. Where even if they are oil and water, uh, one problem that they will solve is fourth quarter scoring. And so before the trade, before the deadline, before the Kyrie move, Luca was playing the entire second half every single night. It was some disturbing stuff. And his numbers in the second half of games have really suffered. So uh, in the third quarter this year, he's shooting 30% from three. In the fourth quarter, he's shooting 31%, shooting below 70% from the free throw line in both of those quarters. In the first half, he's above 50% from the floor above 38% from three, like 75% on free throws. So it's pretty obvious that as the game wears on, his numbers go down. Well, Kyrie Irving has one of the highest per-game averages in a quarter, so I guess per-quarter scoring averages of all time this season in the fourth quarter, and he scored 26 of those bad boys against Minnesota right before the break. And so if nothing else... Even if there's no ability to coexist, and even if they never figure it out, Kyrie is going to inject so much life into this offense in the fourth quarter and allow Luka to take a little bit of a breather, for crying out loud, Mm -hmm. and that alone is worth (laughs) at least one first-round pick to me. Well, I mean, you have Luka, who leads the league at 11.7 points per game in the first quarter, right? And then you have now Kyrie, who leads the league with 9.7. Eight points per game in the fourth quarter. So you have, you have a opener, you have a closer. <laughs> like, it's not bad. I, I like it. I mean, that's twenty-two points or twenty-one points per game or whatever. Yeah. Just from them, just in that one little snippet of time. Yeah, it's like, hey, you take the first, I take the fourth. Um, let's figure out the in between. But it's it's the end of games too. That that's the biggest thing I want to see how this plays out over the next what twenty-one games left. We have over twenty-two. Um, the close games, the you know the clutch games. Let's say this you know Lakers game on Sunday afternoon is you know a, a close game in at the fourth, and Kyrie's doing well in, in the first half of the fourth quarter. Luca mm-hmm. comes back in with seven minutes left, and it's those last five to six minutes of the game, tight game. What what style is, is happening? Is it is it Luca with the ball? Is it still picking it up? Is it just alternating? Is it riding the hot hand? That's the stuff that they just got to figure it out. You know, in the Minnesota game. The Minnesota fourth quarter by Kyrie is the the top Kyrie moment for me, like over the win against San Antonio and everything. Because as a Mavs fan, I'm looking at that quarter and saying that that raises our ceiling right there. Like mm-hmm. we have that type of player yeah. alongside Luca right now come playoff time. But you also look at the end of that game and they're playing hot potato and they couldn't get a shot off and 
it was frustrating. They were frustrated about it, but that's the stuff that you got to iron out over the last, you know, 20 so games. Thrust into that situation in their second game together. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like it's one thing if it happens like next week, they played five, six, they kind of feel each other, you know? And, and Kyrie said this the other day. It's just a reminder. He said, you know, we don't have a training camp with each other. He's like, y'all are just, you're seeing our training camp. Like y'all just have to, we're, our, we're working through our mistakes in a public way right now that typically we would be doing during training camp. But now all of you guys get are basically seeing our training camp right now. Well, what was it that we talked about, especially in that game? It's like Luca Luca goes left, closes the space between them. The defender is now one step away from Kyrie, one step away from Luca, and like maybe Kyrie didn't know. Like okay, in these situations he goes left. Well, he's gonna learn that, and you know the the adjustments will be there. And Luca, I, yeah. mm-hmm. Kyrie, Luca's gonna step back. Right? Yeah, like <laughs> you know, just. They'll figure out the spacing of it all for sure. There's less than a minute on the clock. It's going to be a three. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Down one, down five, Mm -hmm. up 15. That three ball's going up. Okay, (laughs) Kyrie, just just take note of that. Um, Isaac, I'm just going to hand the floor to you for the final two and a half minutes or so. All-Star break, uh, there was a game on Sunday. (laughs) Kyrie played well in it. Luca was there. Uh, also for he was that. mic'd up. Yeah, he did wear a microphone for part of that game. Uh, so, so give us your give us your thoughts. Give us a rundown of of All Star Sunday. Oh wow, um, All Star Sunday. I was going to start with Mac McClung, but nope. Skip, uh, skip. No, we got no. the we got the whole dunk yeah. contest breakdown coming up <laughs> uh, in in segment four. Uh, no, I mean the bigger picture of everything is you had two All Star starters that had a Dallas Mavericks logo next to their name. It's yeah, like, that was really cool. That was like, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, was I mean, really it's just cool. like, what what is happening right now? You know, um, do you want to save the All Star draft until the fourth segment? We can talk about the draft at another time. Yeah, okay. I feel like we we could we could talk about that. All right, and LeBron's dad joke he had prepared about Luca, but that's the you know timely too because everyone is still talking about Huka Doncic. Yeah, uh, two years later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Wash King. So Luca, obviously, is just like just saw that video. <laughs> Like on an Instagram reel, like last week, he was like, this "No, is well, genius. it finally made its way to Facebook." Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's be real; it finally made its rounds. Uh, Luca just is just there to so he doesn't get fined, you know, like Marshawn Lynch. You know, he's just chilling. He's you know mic'd up. He's like, "I got my assist. I got my two points." He's gonna have fun. Kyrie, you know, is out there doing Kyrie things. He, I think Kyrie's trying a little bit harder uh, in that, but it's it's just it's nothing. Each player has kind of like their own approach to it, but it's just a lot of fun to see these two guys on, on the biggest stage like that. And I know the game mm-hmm. sucks, the defense, all that stuff. I get it. I get hear all the complaints. But every year, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to mark off this weekend, and I don't go anywhere. I'm going to watch the All-Star game. I'm going to watch All-Star Saturday night. That's just what I do. I've done it since I was a kid. I'm going to continue doing it. And I just soak it up, and I'm like, I'm not sitting here trying to do game breakdowns after the All-Star game, but... I am watching like relationships and like mm-hmm. how they're talking to each other, how much fun they're having. And every once in a while, you'll have a, a fun moment between, you know, a couple of players. But Kyrie Irving is a Maverick. They had two All Star starters. And uh, yeah, that's, that was a lot of fun. I mean, the All Star game is basically like a pickup game with like the best players in the league. So. And getting hurt is would be really bad. Yeah. And uh, they play that way. But Kyrie, very, very popular with players. Gotta say. Yeah. Super oh, popular. Yeah. And super, with and with super. a lot of fans. Yeah. His first game in Dallas, we all seen it. Yeah. He walks out of the tunnel. 
And Dallas fans are going nuts. Standing ovation. Yeah, it was great. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about what we did over the All-Star break. You don't want to miss it next (laughs) on The Corner 3. Welcome back to The Corner 3 and Studio 41 Radio. It is our number two here on 97.1 The Freak, the Mavs YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, anything else I should plug? I need more excitement for (laughs) the way that you introed this an hour ago. I demand a raise. (laughs) Hello and welcome back. There we go. To Studio 41 Radio. It is the corner three, and by golly gee willikers, I am It's the third quarter. Yeah, it's the third quarter. The second half. The second half. It's time for the 2016 Warriors to bust this game wide open. In the third quarter, real (laughs) dorks will know uh, what I mean by that. All right. Time to get to the good stuff. Who cares that Luca went to Mexico slash Croatia over his all-star break. We all did cool stuff, too. Wait, how did he get to Croatia? Uh, he didn't. Submarine. Oh. Okay. Submarine. <laughs> That's actually weird. He was actually, he took a balloon. Oh, uh, okay. He was trying to get all the way to Slovenia, but they, they shot it down, and so he just had to settle for so being he was in like, Croatia. Screw it. Croatia yeah. it is. Croatia, yeah, he just washed ashore. <laughs> it was yeah. like, that was actually an SOS, like, please come get me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck here. Um, I, I can't take my balloon back home. Uh, all these westerly winds just keep blowing me eastward. Okay. Uh, Kat, you and I took a trip. Yep. Isaac, you uh, took care of some domestic duties. So we just want to talk about what we did during our time off because you know let's face it Isaac you do a daily podcast you're also you also have a full-time job and you have kids you don't get a lot of time off cat we got basketball games we got our own real life stuff we don't get a lot of time off Mm -hmm. so whenever there is a real like week-long break in the schedule it is something to be cherished it is something to be celebrated it is something to discuss on the radio (laughs) okay so how did you spend your time (laughs) off well my yearly all-star tradition is I go to Mexico. <laughs> like, how original. Ooh. How original, right? But, but do you go to Mexico, like, resort, like Luca, or do you go to Mexico, like, and you live it up in the city? No, I go to I go to Monterey. That is where uh, me and my family are from. So my grandparents are still there. A lot of my family is still there. So I like to go back because I don't really get a lot of time during the season to go. So, like, holidays are kind of not no, no bueno. <laughs> You know, so as it were, yeah. So, um, get to go, hang out, see family. Um, if you watch the stream, I thoroughly enjoyed some tacos because you know I love. <laughs> I was saying, what was tacos. the favorite thing you ate back home? Uh just anything. The the food scene in Monterey is phenomenal. Mm. Like it is so good. It's it's a very uh industrialized city it's not yeah where where is monitor like where it's about an hour and a half drive to put it i don't know in perspective from mccallan okay Texas. is it on the coast because i feel like a lot of people that have been to mexico have either been to mexico city or to like you are you're in like three mountain like where three mountains like okay so it's very it's very pretty um, but it's very, it's very businessy, you know, a lot of like, a lot of big industries are there, very industrialized. Did um, you drive? No, I flew. It's oh, an okay. hour and a half flight from Dallas. Oh, easy that's good. Yeah, super yeah. easy. Um, yeah. So just go enjoy time with the fam, hit reset, you know, it was great because I, I didn't have to do anything. I don't have to drive. I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to. So like, to me, that's heaven because here it's like. <laughs> A lot going on always. Plan like an hour, just like go to the store, like to get to the store. 
Yeah, I mean, then, I can walk to the go. store, but you know, like oh, regardless. Okay, flex. Yeah, cool. Super All right. I can oh, walk wow. to Central Market. <laughs> oh, it's Central oh, Market too. Oh my god! Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been going to Central Market for like since the pandemic. Wow, <laughs> we got the we got the Kroger assist tracker and also the Kroger Bobby tracker Ooh. because I spent all my money at Kroger. I used to go to Kroger and then I I you know. So you got to Mexico. You yeah. watched the rookie sophomore game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are their thoughts on the Kyrie Luka duo? <laughs> I actually, I actually watched the All Star game with my with my grandfather, and he was like, he knew the rules. Oh yeah. I was I was very impressed. I was like, dang. Does Does he follow the maps? I mean, obviously, like between you working here and for the broadcast for so long, Victor working here for so long, like it feels like basketball is kind of in your family's DNA so at this point. My my grandma's. The big Mavs fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, Let's she go. she's the one that gets really into it. She'll send me like, "Go Mavs!" like when they're playing and stuff. She used to watch the stream every day. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Shout out, Grandma. By the By way, our, our this, internet so. our internet of the office is good now, so we're making a comeback <laughs> here soon. Oh okay. yeah, Twitch is gonna return soon. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just big on family. I'm big on like it's just a big part of like my life, and just being able to go see them is so important to me. So I always make the time to go. All-star break. If someone is going to maybe step outside the norm and instead of going to Cancun or um, what's the new one that everyone's going to? Tulum. Tulum. Yeah. If they're going to say, actually, you know what? I'm going to go to Monterey. What would you recommend people do or check out? Uh, they have a lot of like really cool places where it's just like a like I don't want to call them like shopping centers because they have like a park mixed in and they have like so it's very like very pretty, very scenic. You can walk around and they have a bunch of like local restaurants all throughout. They like all I do is eat when I go there. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> like literally. Sounds like, that's a, sounds all like I do. a groovy place. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. They also have this like park where they used to have the old like industrial mills and stuff. And so it's like very historic. They have really cool museums. Their art museum is one of my favorite places to go. They always have the best installations. Art museums, um, those are fun. I, I they like are them. fun. Don't even make a joke, dude. <laughs> no. Museums rule. You, I say, love you sound like going a real zoomer museums. right now. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I used to go to art museums on my days off when I was traveling on and the road. And just look at paintings? Yeah, you look at art. Yeah. Do you uh, not? Are you that not? sounds like a lot of fun, yeah. Dude, you are such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't wait, come on here and on. dunk on art. Whoa. You just get out of here, man. I like art. I just don't know if I'm like paying to walk through it for like two hours. Whoa. You can walk through it for five hours. Like five hours, yeah. I Dude, like, Whoa. like I don't know. I go cool and I see, I saw like the Monet <laughs> exhibit here and it's just like, dude, Claude Monet painted this. Like that's incredible. And like, and then you look, I don't know. I learned about cultures Whoa. that way. You I was thinking about going to Europe just to see the Mother Teresa, but then I was like, oh, I could just Google it. <laughs> so what'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. Well, Kat, I'm really happy that you that shared that with us. to the heart. <laughs> you, you look at art? <laughs> yeah. nice. Yes. Cool. Yes, I wow. do. Cool. You like basketball? Cool. Bobby, I can't <laughs> wait for you to tell us what you did. <laughs> I am so excited for it. <laughs> You want me to go? Who wants to go next? I'll I go. already went. I'll I'm go. the least exciting out of this. I'll so. go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. So, Cat uh, went back to Monterey to visit family. Isaac just wants to dunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> it's going to be better than the actual dunk contest. Cat sure. <laughs> uh, took a wholesome vacation. I went to Sin City during All Star break. I went to Las Vegas, Nevada. From Thursday to Sunday, I got back home just in time actually to watch the All Star game. So I did see that. I did not see I many of the festivities. Say, 
I used to split my time. I used to go visit my grandparents and then go to Vegas for a few days. Oh, back well, in my yeah. single day. So <laughs> I, I get it. What'd you I do to Vegas, Kat? Went to art museums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went to Vegas with a with a few friends. And now, obviously, you know, whenever whenever someone says they're going to Vegas, you think, oh, some debauchery is happening, right? You're going to go do a bunch of things that you're not going to be proud of talking about. But no, I did a lot of things that I'm super proud of talking about. The reason for the season, the reason I was willing to shell out all the money, all the dollars and cents to get out to Las Vegas was for the Pokemon Go Hoenn Tour. <laughs> and now easy. before I keep going, yep, Wait. it is called the Hoenn Tour, not... <laughs> It's H-O-E-N-N, like a region hoeing. That's a Venn diagram that crosses that I did (laughs) not know (laughs) crossed over. Welcome to Vegas. Catching all sorts of stuff out there on the hoeing tour, all right? Not just Pokemon. Bobby went to Vegas and caught things. Uh, But no, it was was actually very cool. So there's a a huge park. It's called Sunset Park that's a couple miles away from the Strip. Everything in Vegas, I'm sure you've been to Vegas, but everything in Vegas is like literally right there because it it was just built to be like a tourist destination. So you got your airport. Five minutes away from that is the Strip. Five minutes away from the airport on the other side is Sunset Park. Massive uh, Niantic, which which runs the game. Pokemon Go is a game where you walk around in like in real life. You would interact like on the global map. That's and, how like, Bobby you, you gets catch his Pokemon. steps in. Yeah, it's like it <laughs> incentivizes movement. Gotta um, catch them all. It's like a whole different meeting. It, I, <laughs> I don't need to take any tests anytime soon. Uh, and Pokemon Go sold. It's a. It was only like twenty five bucks to get in, but they sold fifty thousand tickets to Whoa. this event, and an extra seventeen thousand people just showed up. So at this park this day, sixty seven thousand people. Me and my buddy were there from ten in the morning to six at night, catching all sorts of Pokemon. It was incredible. It was so much fun. But the coolest thing about this app, and I I know like Pokemon is for kids. It's so dumb. It's, oh, you're a nerd. It's a dork. Do something cool like. Go to the club. That's what cool people do. Cool people don't play Pokemon. But there He's were. Like, I'm not spending fifty dollars on an entry fee to the club. I'm spending twenty five dollars for an entry, entry fee to a fee park. To park. Imagine if Bobby lost his phone. And he just went to Vegas for nothing. No, we walked. Uh, <laughs> we walked like a half marathon that day. Like it got a bunch of exercise. But also the coolest thing about this game, and this this goes back all the way to to its creation in like 2016, 2017, is yes, it incentivizes movement and being outdoors. But people of all ages, people of all abilities can play this game. There were there was little kids with their parents. There was uh, grandparent aged people, uh, senior citizens playing with kids, playing just by themselves. There oh, was a group. Cool. There was a group of middle aged women walking around playing. There was older couples, younger couples. There's people that are able to walk. There's people that are in wheelchairs. There's people that are on crutches doing all this stuff. Like literally anybody can play it, which I think is so cool because. Most other things that you can do for fun, if you aren't able to walk or if you can't run super fast or whatever, no matter what, how much you weigh or how tall you are or how old you are or maybe how young you aren't, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a lot of restrictions. Not everybody can go play five on five basketball at the YMCA, you know, but everybody can play Pokemon Go. So it was just really, really cool to see all sorts of people. Um, from all around the world at this there were literally people that flew in for, like from Asia flew in Whoa. from Australia to play this game flew in from everywhere because it's a it's a one weekend only event in Vegas now this upcoming weekend in fact right now is the global Hoenn Tour event so you better believe I'm about to go play on Saturday and Sunday <laughs> and you better believe I'm mad that we got a matinee on Sunday because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. interrupting my my catching but um yeah it was just really cool and then also Vegas was was neat 
Uh, got to explore the city a little bit, walk him down the strip, get a lot of steps in. I did win a few hundred bucks at the blackjack Whoa. table. Gotta say, I gotta say, I got my game off like Christian Wood at the blackjack table. Uh, turned a couple hundred bucks into like uh, six, seven hundred bucks. Almost paid for your trip. That's like a it dollar paid per for minute. the airfare and the hotel. That I mean. Yeah. Now, everything in Vegas is about ten dollars more expensive than it should be. Yes, it is. And so I'm still severely in the red, but I did. <laughs> I did get some of the money back. I actually already know this. Bobby's agent, you know, DM me his blackjack <laughs> stats. So <laughs> tell me how much you won. As a starter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, just a just a good old time. It are was, there Pokemon in indoors? Like, can you catch them inside? He there catches are them in in the office all the time. I do, yeah. Now there are stops all over the place. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So like, at a strip club. <laughs> yeah. He's no, like, so like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many dollars to just leave me alone for the next five minutes? I got to do this. Onyx is rate. in the corner. Yeah. I got to go. Uh, there are Onyx stops. <laughs> there are stops all throughout Las Vegas, within the hotels, within restaurants and everything. But at this park, there was just like 150 stops. So you're just walking around all the time. There's there's quests to accomplish, missions to accomplish. Did you uh, battle anyone? Uh, <laughs> no. Well, we battled the, the primals. <laughs> Primal Kyogre, Primal Groudon, and Rayquaza were all released that weekend. And so uh, 20 people at a time can take it on. And it's like thousands of people trying to do it. So it was really, really fun. Just a really, really fun time. Got a bunch of exercise. I actually got yeah. a little bit of a sunburn. Uh, I did have a brief tan. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice I'm not tan anymore. Uh, I you, get it quickly, and it goes away even quicker. You got a spray tan. But I know. no, no, I did get some actual sun. It was just a really, really good time. Um, a, a fun getaway, but as everybody says, after like two or three nights in Vegas, it's like, I yeah, need to get out of here. Max. <laughs> I have to get out of here. And flying home from Las Vegas on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning is the most harrowing thing you can ever do. <laughs> there are landmines everywhere at the airport. It is full of people that have gone way too hard. So you've got you've to watch your back. You've got to watch your front. Don't step in any puddles uh, no matter where you are. It is, a, it is an adventure going through uh, McCarran on a, on a Sunday morning. But anyway, that's what I did. Good so go ahead and, here. Isaac, go ahead and make fun of me. <laughs> Hit me with a perfect 50. I have, I have nothing to say. Oh, you you dunk on art museums and you don't dunk on Pokemon. You, That's cool. It's not like you went to Mexico to go to an art museum. He flew to Vegas to catch a Pokemon. You that respect, is the primary reason. That. Well, I went. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I gambled because the event ended and I needed something to do before <laughs> I went to bed. Do you go gamble on the strip or on the in downtown at the hotel that we stayed at? Okay. So I, I stayed at the Virgin Hotel. We all stayed at we stayed at the Virgin Hotel, which is not on the strip. It's just off the strip. It's kind of like down the, I think it's Paradise Road or whatever, um, or Harmon or something, down from the Cosmopolitan. Oh, cool. Okay. But walked the whole thing, man. Go. Nice. The whole strip, man. Yeah. Got your steps in. Yeah. It's good exercise. If you're into people watching, if you're into food, if you're into drinking, partying, having fun, losing money, Las Vegas, great place to go. Gotta I go, love Vegas. Gotta catch them all. Yeah. I'd go. caught many of them. I've almost completed the <laughs> whole Hoenn Pokedex now, Isaac. <laughs> now it's it's over to you. Uh, it's funny. Somebody told me the other day they uh, liked playing uh, Pokemon, and I it was a teenager, and I joked about a Game Boy, and they said, "What is that?" <gasps> and I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, my heart." Um, I didn't travel anywhere. I went to Bedford, Texas, uh, so big metropolis of Bedford. Couple things I did accomplish over All Star Break. One, I finished a book. 
uh, Bob Iger's book, A Ride of a Lifetime. Okay. Oh, really, let's go. really good book. A uh, lot of cool leadership stuff, a lot of Disney backstory stuff. I don't know. I enjoy stuff like that. Biggest thing, my daughter. Bob Iger is the, the head of Disney or recently was the head of Disney. Yeah, yeah. Give a little head more? of Disney for a long time, retired. Now he's back. And he basically mm. just came back. To, Did he yeah. MJ it? Uh, there's Four some theories out there, you know, of him stepping away right before COVID. And now he's, you know, back. And Press hmm. release. So. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, but no, that was good. Biggest Mickey thing. Mickey Mouse is like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, saw Ant Man uh, on on Thursday. How was it? It sucked. Oh, oh and, no. Um, no, here's here's what I'm tired of hearing. A Marvel about. movie wasn't very good. No way. <sighs> Come on. Um, this is what I'm tired of hearing. This is a new phase of Marvel, and I'm like, all right. Nick is all into Marvel too. Nick saw it the next day. I was like, hey, text me whenever you, because I saw it at midnight. Whatever. Throwback. Um, we all we all have our you know we all have our things. I go to art museums. He I'm not here to king movies. shame. Okay. Yeah. Nick loved it, and Nick's like, "Hey, you just gotta understand it. It was a setup movie." I'm like, "I'm tired of the setup movies." And believe it or not, this is a shocker here. You can make a setup movie, and it also be good. It's true. Lord it can, of the Rings: The Two Towers. <laughs> yes, it can. It can also be a good movie. And besides King, the new vi- villain Jonathan Majors, he's I think he's one of the best actors right now. Um, he's going to be in Creed 2, or Creed 3, by the way. Um, I just didn't like the movie, and I was kind of bummed. But, oh well. What does a setup movie even mean? That's up for the bigger picture. Like, but you got to like pay a whole price and sit through I know. It's kind of like the episode that's like episode 5, you know, where like not a lot goes on, but then episode 6, you know, like it's about to go down. But yeah. it's a whole movie. Right? So it's like I know, that's five. what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 but I mean. It's setting up Kang as the villain. It's like, all right, it's. Cool. I mean, Kang is awesome. You just like be the villain, like yeah. I don't know. Everyone needs an origin story. Because a lot of people said that same thing about Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange movie, and it's like, okay, cool, setup movie. How many more setup movies we got? I've never but, seen any of these movies. That's uh, okay. Yeah, the last Marvel um, movie I saw in theaters. I've never the seen the first a Avengers Marvel movie. First I've Iron never Man. seen an Avengers movie. I've never seen. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah, I saw Iron Man 1 and 2. Loved Iron Man 1. I think that's a really good movie. Saw those two. I saw The Avengers. And then I saw Black Panther. So actually, Black okay, Panther's probably Iron the most Man's recent part one. Of it? Okay, I've like, seen Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing, though, my daughter turned three. <gasps> which was a lot of fun. Uh, she's awesome. My pinned uh, tweet on my, on my Twitter is one of my favorite things I've got to work on here uh, for the Mavs is I did a, you know, becoming a girl dad. Three years ago now, uh, to where I talked to all the girl dads on the team at the time. So there was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, and Jordan and JJ yeah. and Devin and yeah, multiple people, Wes. And so that was a lot of fun to work on. It's crazy. She's three. She had a princess party. So some of her friends so came sweet. over. They all had their Frozen and Disney princess dresses on. How many times have you seen Frozen? Oh, I, I don't even know. That's the only thing she wants to watch. Yeah. Mm. Um, my son is four and he's just sick of it. So it's like super, he's all superheroes, she's all Frozen, and it's just this battle of, I want superheroes, I want Frozen, and that's cute. Well, who gets who gets what? But her her main gift is the Disney on Ice at the American Airlines Center. Ooh, okay. It's coming up in March. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she is she pumped. I mean, does, she doesn't really is know. She at the age but where, like when she goes, like we try to show her a picture and stuff. But anytime, I mean. Anytime you buy a big gift, like like an experience for a toddler, 
I mean, you're basically playing Russian roulette. Yeah. Right? So like, you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're dropping in a couple hundred dollars, and it's like, please be in a good mood that day. She can basically do anything she wants that day, and she's not going to get in trouble because I'm, I'm dang, I'm not going to take her if she's like crying or in a bad mood that day. So I'm uh-huh. like, let's just please have a good experience. And uh, anyway, that's cool. I remember going oh. to see. I think it was Disney on Ice. It was something. Pokemon like on that. ice? I wish, dude. I would go to that right now. But I'm pretty sure it was Disney on ice. I have a memory of seeing something on ice as a kid, and I thought it was awesome. Mm. Maybe, I just don't remember what it was. But maybe that's why the game was delayed the other day. So Maybe. No. It, <laughs> we here in Studio 41 actually know why the game was delayed. We're just not at liberty to discuss it, but it had nothing to do with the roof. Math State Media. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a paid-for shill. I mean, I am paid for, but I'm not a shill. <laughs> so anyway, that was my break. It was uh, pretty cool. It was relaxing. And obviously, I watched a lot of the All-Star weekend stuff. And yeah. you have any thoughts on the skills competition? Three no. Three-point I mean, shootout? Uh, dunk contest was fun. Um, I mean, Mac McClunk was fun. I thought Trey Murphy did great, too. But, yeah, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I, I'm not putting Mac McClung in the same category as Vince and you know, Dr. K, but... but he is making the rounds. Mac yeah. McClung is... He got to he's got a moment. do the bell. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's only to me the next day. Isn't he, like, on the team, though? It's Is it they, like, sign? Like I a one-day contract? I'm telling you, it was a great PR move yeah. by the Sixers. It really, I mean, it really was. Are. And it's like, hey, they signed him right before it, and now all of these iconic pictures, the first trophy handed by Dr. J out was in a, you know, this Philly jersey, and, yeah. like, almost like they knew that he was going to win. Yeah, and, mm. uh... I love the side-by-side here's of all a, the contestants. <laughs> Woj tweet saying that uh, you know Matt McClung's been released and no, kidding. Stop. <laughs> well, that was fun. Hopefully, you out there had a great All Star break. Uh, hopefully, it was even better than ours. I know we all really Ooh. thoroughly enjoyed our time off. Coming up next, though, it's back to basketball. We're gonna take a look at the Mavs' upcoming homestand as well as the playoff picture out west to figure out just what the heck is going on on the corner three. Welcome back to the corner three. It's the fourth quarter on Studio 41 Radio. You got Bobby Corella and Isaac Harris. Kati Viabo was here with us now, but she's actually in the producer's chair. Chopper was summoned to the Mavs practice facility. I'm not sure. Maybe they were working him out. Mm. Uh, maybe they got an open roster spot, 10-day contract or something. But Kat is now on the ones and twos. But if she's got any hot takes, she's going to sprint over here and, and hop on the <laughs> mic. Uh, Isaac, if you if you dunk on me too hard now that we're playing one on one, I think Cat might swoop in for my defense. So uh, thank you in advance to Cat. But for this final segment, want to do a little bit of around the NBA. But first, we need to talk about this upcoming homestand or this current homestand that the Mavs are on. So uh, they obviously just dismantled the Spurs in the fourth quarter the other night, winning one forty two to one sixteen. That was the first of a six game homestand right out of the All-Star break. It feels like the Mavs have been on the road forever, and they pretty much were coming into the break. So it's nice that for the next five games, they don't have to get on a plane, no back-to-backs. They even have multiple days off in between games a couple different times. So that's really good. So I want to go game by game and, and preview kind of each of these games. But first, Isaac, why is this home... I mean, this is almost like self-evident, <laughs> but why is this homestand so important? And what can the Mavs like achieve what like why are these why do they need to take care of business right now basically well you don't want to i mean your number one goal right now obviously you want to get home court that would be ideal in the playoffs but you definitely don't want to fall into the play-in so just stay in the top six like 
that ultimately is to stay in the top six between now and the end of the year. But for now, I mean, what better of a time for you to try to, you know, make everything work now after a big trade? Like it was a massive trade getting Kyrie. So, and, you know, I, I joked yesterday, but it's like, if you could pick one opponent to play at home coming out of the break, it's a team in the league that's lost 14 games in a row. And that's the game you got. You took care of business. You won it by a lot of points. And now you get two days off after that. You get to practice. Like you said, Chopper's at practice right now. So they've been practicing uh, on Friday. So, but now, I mean, it's not easy games at home. You know, you get the Lakers coming up and we'll go through the stretch, but it's a, it's a time at home for you to continue to build continuity, to continue to build chemistry, for you to figure out some rotation stuff um, and to see if, you know, one, you want to stay healthy, but will Maxi come back sometime during this, you know, home stretch? I don't know. I don't know exactly the timetable of that. He's been practicing. You know, there were some clips that came out from practice uh, yesterday on Friday that, you know, of him out there scrimmaging, guarding Luca at times and stuff. So uh, it feels like he's getting closer uh, to coming back, but it'd be nice. It, six games at home. Let's at least do 500 at home. <laughs> Got to be better than that. Four of these games, now one of them has already passed that Spurs game, but four of the six games are against teams currently with losing records. Mm. Now the first one that they're going to play after this program is Sunday afternoon. That's a matinee. ABC, right? This is like a like a big, big, big game. Yep. LeBron and the Lakers coming to town. Now it's a slightly different looking Lakers than the last time we saw them. In fact, a significantly different Lakers team because Anthony Davis is actually going to play, as far as I know. LeBron... AD, of course, they pulled off a couple big trades right before the deadline. Rui Hachimura came over. They traded away Russell Westbrook and got back a whole slew of players, including D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. All three of those guys started for the Lakers on Thursday night whenever they beat the Warriors by double figures. However, D'Angelo Russell did sprain his ankle in that game. Not sure what his status will be ahead of the Sunday game. He sprained that in the first quarter and never came back for the rest of the game. So we'll see what... Yeah, you know, there's a couple of days in between. So. He usually has pretty good games against the Mavs. Yeah. He, just, he seems to be one of those guys. Now, Malik Beasley is another one of those guys, too. So the Mavs are 2-0 against the Lakers this year, but it feels like this is going to be a much better Lakers team than what we've seen. They've been winning a couple games lately, too. They're still, I think, in yeah, they're still 13th place, but they're like two games out of eighth. So they're, they're right there. Um, feels like it's going to be a tough game. The Mavs are pretty good at home during the day on weekends, though. This is a national game. It just feels like there's going to be a lot of buzz. I'm really looking forward to it. At Dallas Nightlife, Uptown, baby. Like, <laughs> undefeated. Undefeated Uptown. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, L.A. Nightlife. What about Zion Dallas? Zion himself said he, he loves Dallas. <laughs> I don't know why. I can't figure it out. Deep Ellum is hopping. But, no, I mean, the Lakers game is going to be a big one because, like you said, I mean, they just got to get into the play-in. So, I mean, every game, I mean... <laughs> Didn't LeBron say this is like some of the most important 20-game stretch of his career? Did he really say that? <laughs> yeah, over All-Star Weekend. Is this like, like a legacy-defining run for yeah. him? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, uh, Shot five for 20 less. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be a good game. But, I mean, even after that, you continue looking at the on the home stretch after that. You know, you got the Pacers, but then you had Sixers and the Suns. You know, it's just, you know, Lakers games this Sunday. A week from then, next Sunday, is that massive early, early tip game, you know, noon here, central noon time tip, in Dallas. Yeah. And Katie will probably be back by then. So we think he hasn't returned yet. Is there like a timetable for that? Do you know? I thought somebody said they, they were targeting. I don't have their schedule pulled up, but about um, maybe a Charlotte game for them 
later okay. on next week or something. Okay. I do want to point out about that Pacers game. The Mavs play the Pacers on Tuesday. Now, Indiana's record is very poor now. It was really good like a month and a half ago. Tyrese Halliburton got hurt. They have now lost 17 of their last 20 games. Now, an overwhelming majority of those losses came without Halliburton. He came back right before the break. They ended up winning a game, and then they lost in overtime to Boston. No shame in that. Miles Turner had 40 points in that game, by the way. So that game is not going to be super easy. Philly comes in two days later. Philly has been on a roll lately. They're all of a sudden looking like a like a potential juggernaut. That will be the second night of a back-to-back for Philly, though, mm. which is interesting because, I mean, Embiid plays on second nights of back-to-back. Harden plays on second nights of back-to-back. But that is a, you know, that's a kind of an older team. Um, so that's that could, that could be nice, too, for Dallas. I'm watching the Indiana one because, you know, right now, they would have the sixth pick in the draft. And, you know, you look at... Let me rewind for a second. I am the most anti, like, pick the schedule wins and losses person out there. Like, I hate it. I hate it when the schedule comes out before the season and a lot of content goes to, all right, let's look at predicting the month of March. Mm -hmm. And let's, like, going through everything. It's like, all right, I'm seeing this is, I think this is a win. It's like, because it's so impossible. I'm that way with football. I'm that way with basketball. It's so impossible to do. You don't know about injuries. You don't know whether teams are going to be trying for something come you know March, February, and all of that. I think it's a lot easier to do that post All Star break because you start to understand where teams are starting to head. Like we know the lineup the Spurs are going with. We no, know, we don't. Well, it's like <laughs> once you saw it, they won. They've lost fourteen in a row. It's like you obviously know the direction that they're heading and all of that. Could Indiana be shifting to that right now too? And not saying it's going it's an easy win or all that, but right now being you know six pick in the draft, we know how loaded this draft is. They have a young core and Halliburton, Matherin, um, you know they obviously held on to you know Buddy and Miles Turner and stuff. So they're twelfth place in the East, three and a half out of tenth. Yeah, it's like we know early in the season. It's kind of like they're kind of like the East version of Utah, and it's like Utah started off really well, Indiana started off really well. And it's like, you kind of showed your fan base, like, hey, cool, we had fun. Halliburton's awesome. Uh, ben Matherin's awesome. Like, it's a lot of fun. We had fun. Had an all-star. Now let's keep the bigger picture in mind. So it wouldn't shock me if they continue going down that route, you know, for the for the rest of the season. But, yeah, that Philly... I hope so because the Mavs play them twice. <laughs> Where... Um, who does Philly play that that first game? Where what city are they in? Uh, I'm pretty sure Philly is Probably in close, right? New Orleans, if I'm not I mistaken. About, but I was about I'm to guess Houston, New Orleans, OKC. Very cleverly stalling for time here on uh, the radio. Or Memphis, Isaac. or like San Antonio. Uh, they are. Oh no, they're in Miami actually. Oh crap! Um, so yeah, they they gain an hour coming back. But yeah, that's still that's quite a bit of travel. I mean, wow. Miami to Dallas is a deceptively long plane flight. Oh. And it's an early tip-off in Dallas on Thursday. They, they're tipping off at 6.30 p.m. Dallas time. Yeah. So that's that's pretty tough. Wow, that yeah. is tough. That's tough. Um, both big games for Philly, though, so it's not like you can, like, you know, if you're playing Houston, you could probably sit Embiid or yeah. sit Harden. Uh, maybe sit Harden if you're playing in Houston. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, that, 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 that <laughs> Phoenix... will be in Miami, so... Yeah, the Phoenix game is going to be spicy. Now, they close it out with a game against Utah. Utah we think is tanking, but they ended up uh, getting a big win against OKC at home on Thursday night. How fun was that game? That was awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, OKC is going to be so good in like two days, though. They're like right there. They're right there. 
Uh, but there are a couple big tiebreakers that are up for grabs during this homestand two-win closing. So the Mavs are currently 2-0 and against the Lakers this year. They have two more games against L.A., so if you win one of them, you clinch that head-to-head. Unlikely that you'll end up tied with them, but you never know. Uh, you're currently 2-1 and against Phoenix, so a win against them would lock it up. You arguably should be 3-0, and but it is what it is. And you're 2-1 and against Utah. Now, again, it's unlikely that you're going to end up tied with any of those teams, but it's very likely you're going to end up tied with someone. And head-to-head record is the first tiebreaker, then conference record is the next tiebreaker. Dallas does have a pretty good conference record. They're 24-16, and which is actually better than pretty good. It's the second-best record against the West in the Western Conference. So, uh, well, maybe third. Phoenix has only played 36 games, so it's kind of tough to, to do the win percentage thing. But Dallas is very good. So if you keep racking up wins against those teams, that's, that's going to be uh, pretty nice. So uh, about that jam-packed West, let's go team by team. Hmm. And uh, let's do like a lightning round quick take on all these teams because it's jam-packed. The standings are changing. The standings have changed since the show started. Okay, The Mavs have actually fallen five spots in the standings <laughs> since we began recording. Um, but let, let's go team by team, take a snapshot of this deal, and, and give me a take on each of these teams. Let's start with oh, the crap. Denver Nuggets, currently first place in the West at 42 and 18. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, you know, the first for a reason. I think if you're looking at teams that uh if we had to rank teams I don't want to see in the playoffs right now, it'd probably be Denver uh, near the top for me. And I I like some of the additions they made. They got Reggie Jackson for, you know, free basically and I just really like their team from top to bottom kind of. So even some of the defensive stuff, Aaron Gordon, KCP, Bruce Brown, they got better defensively this year. Jokic is, you know, leading the MVP race right now probably, so they're good for a reason. Bruce Brown, one of the best pickups of the season, in my opinion. Yeah. Completely underrated player. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, second place, 35-23. and 23. They're kind of going through it right now. Yeah, I mean, if you had to do, like, the green arrow pointing up or the red arrow, like, zigzag pointing down, <laughs> it's probably pointing down for them right now. Struggle it, bus. The Steven Adams, you know – does he mean that much right now for them? I mean, uh, they've been missing him, and, you know, they're what? They're four and six in their last ten. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we were talking right before this how the Kings are just two games back from them. And, you know, Jaws a lot of fun. They had a close game against Philly, you know, a few nights ago. But I think for them is just staying healthy, you know, come playoff time. Can they have Jaron Jackson healthy, you know, for the playoffs? He's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year, um, you know, their statistician, you know, is will be happy about that too. And but, yeah. Memphis twenty four and five at home this season, eleven and eighteen on the road. That mm. is not great. Uh, but they should get home court probably. Sacramento Kings third place, thirty three and twenty five. I know Cat hates the Kings. Dude, but. I keep waiting for them to fall off too. I'm I'm registered <laughs> as a as a as a Kings doubter. I'm a Kings doubter, but they just keep winning games. Yeah, I mean they're fun. I'm going to root for them in the playoffs if they don't play the Mavs. <laughs> you know, it's just I, I love team, and it's even beyond the Kings. I love when new teams get into the playoffs and they kind of finally get over that hump. Some it will be fascinating to see some of these like staple playoff teams like the Clippers, Suns. I mean, even the Mavericks. You know, in the playoffs a lot. Uh, let's say the Warriors, you know, move up in the standings. It will be fascinating to see if any of these teams really try to angle for the Kings, the new blood, you know. It's it's kind of beyond the Kings thing again of, okay, if you had to try to pick somebody in the playoffs, and could it come back to bite them? Like, what if the Clippers 
lose some games at the end of the season to drop to, you know, a six or a five or something just to play the Kings. I mean, everybody's really going to be rooting for the Kings even more then because, like, I could see a team angling to play Sacramento. Clippers almost got got whenever they did that against the Mavs yeah. in 2021. Exactly. I mean, they, they should have. The Mavs, like, won that series 6-1, to one, but somehow they lost. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Still not over that. Or I guess it was 5-2. to two. They definitely were not better in Game 4 or Game 7, but we don't need to relitigate any of that. <laughs> Um, one and a half games behind the Kings is the LA Clippers, 33 and 28. Kind of feel like a uh, a sleeping giant all season long, and now they're they're starting to hum. They did just get Russ though. What do you think about that? I mean, we have we haven't seen Russ play yet for the Clippers, but um, you know, the Twitter world is saying that Russ is I guess going to start for him in his first game. So we'll see how that how that experience uh, plays out. But I mean, I like their roster and. They're, they're going to be scary if they're healthy when you play them in the playoffs, Kawhi and Paul George. Um, Kawhi's been playing pretty good basketball as of late. So, And, yeah, their deals were smaller at the deadline, a little smaller, but I think they all kind of helped the team. And they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Yeah, I guess one person that I wasn't really taking into consideration we were trying to figure out the Clippers rotation was Eric Gordon. I just kind of, like, forgot that he was on their team. Yeah. Um, Terrence Mann off the bench, I feel like he – is maybe good enough to start for them defensively. But you get man, you get Gordon off the bench, Batum, Covington. Mason Plumley. Yeah, Mason um, Plumley. I mean, they got a lot of depth, man. I mean, That's Bones probably won't play for them, but, I mean, it's like, or at least in the playoffs, but you're just adding Bones Island for free, basically, yeah. just a couple seconds. Yeah, man. not bad, man. Yeah. They, they got a good team. 32-28, and 28, one half of a game behind the Clippers. The Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant yet to make his debut, but, I mean... They're good. I don't expect their defense to be great, but they're going to be able to. I mean, when you talk about best, sorry, Kyrie, duos in the league, uh, the KD Booker duos, I mean, right up there at the top, if yeah. not at the top. So, as far as defense, got stop me whenever I say a player that is going to get a stop. Okay. Mm. Chris Paul. Well, he could fall down. But. Devin Booker, TJ Warren, Kevin Durant. Yeah, okay. He, he yeah. can get a stop. Yeah. Aiton. Mm. Uh, uh, off the bench, Landry Shamit, Terrence Ross, potentially Will Barton. I don't really know what's going on with his buyout situation. He's bought out. I don't know where he's going, though. Yeah. Campaign. Darius Baisley. Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig, I guess, is a defensive guy. Yeah. Biombo. I mean, they're going to score a gazillion points. But, man. I mean, you better be ready to you better be ready to score 150 yourself against them if For you want to have any chance. I mean, you look across the board and you say, "All right, huh, they they got to be healthy and all that." But like, you do have an older Chris Paul. You do have you know Booker's been hurt some this year. We know KD's injury stuff. So, I mean, if they're fully healthy come playoff time, they're going to be the favorites to win the title. But I mean, they're a Chris Paul hamstring away and and all that to be in like, yeah. But just avoid them as long as you can. Sixth place, the Mavs. We've already spent a million hours talking about them, but only one game behind Dallas. The Minnesota Timberwolves, 31 and 30. Love the Conley edition. Yeah. Love turning the keys over to Ant Edwards. Cat uh, Towns, not Vialba. Not sure when he's ever going to play again, but man. Yeah. I, I'm kind of, if I'm looking over my shoulder at any team, I'm, I'm worried about Minnesota. When you start looking at, you know, the play in tournament. We're not big fans of the playing tournament, but nope. we're going to watch it, right? Yeah. Just because we'll watch it and enjoy it doesn't mean that we don't think bigger picture is. Mm. Um, but like, it was like the All-Star game. 
I guess I'll watch it. Yeah. Not a big fan. Or it's like, you know, a food, like a sweet that you're like, man, it tastes good, but it's probably not the best for me. I and love dessert no matter what. I know I have no guilty complex about that. Um, but you know, if you're looking at players you don't want to play or players you're like oh, in a play in, you know, scenario, one game or two games, Anthony Edwards is one of those dudes. He's so good. He's their best player, you know, he's their their cornerstone piece. I think they got a weird situation they gotta figure out with Nas Reed. It's like, are you gonna pay another big on this team that you know, you paid Rudy Gobert and, and Cat and all that. So um yeah, we'll see. New Orleans Pelicans at 30 and 30. They just got kind of outworked by the Raptors the other night. They have really struggled without Zion. No return in sight. The Mavs play them on March 8th, I think. Zion's already not guaranteed. He's like, I don't I don't believe he's gonna play in that game guaranteed. Yeah. He's out for at least another few weeks. They're probably gonna be in the play in. I don't know if they have the juice to climb into the top six, though. I mean, we say they're probably going to be. I mean, I mean, the Lakers are what two games back from them. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you. I think they'll be in the plan, but they have one of the easier remaining schedules, if memory serves. Hmm. Okay. Um, Let me double check that though. Yeah. I could be lying. Dallas yeah, has the easiest, right? Uh, easiest remaining schedule of the West. Dallas now, after getting one game out of the way against the Spurs, they have the second easiest remaining schedule uh, hmm. among Western Conference teams. Pelicans, their ceiling depends on Zion. I mean, I like a lot of the roster though. I think they have a pretty deep roster and a lot of versatility, you know, for matchups. But um, Zion just takes their ceiling to a whole different level. All right, I want you to make a prediction now. The final five teams, only two of them can make the top ten: Utah, Golden State, OKC, Portland. Who Dame insists is not going to tank despite resting Dame and Jeremy Grant first game out of the All Star break. So that's neat. Um, and L.A. Lakers. Only two of those teams can make the top five. They are all currently separated by one and a half games. Which of the two teams makes it? Which of the three teams are sad? Uh, or happy, I guess. If You say three or two one. teams. Only two teams can make yeah, it. Yeah, um, It's the Warriors and Lakers. Yeah. I think Warriors and Lakers yeah, make it? They're just both win now. They, I, I think Utah drops. Um, I think OKC will. I mean, they'll stay frisky. If I was OKC, though... I would go for it. I, w- I would go for it. Oh, the yeah. There's no thing. reason for them to lose. I know, but it's like, I don't know. You can fall and talk yourself into like another draft pick, you know, and all that stuff. But it's like, I would go for it. Do the whole, like, get some experience, get SGA some, at least, even though it's not the playoffs, like some intense atmosphere of a play in game. I would just really go for it for him and Giddy and Jalen Williams, those guys. But, dude, shake and win you a play in game. I, I would own. I would almost say that OKC finishes with a better record than Portland, but I agree. that could make me look really dumb in a few weeks. I, I think <laughs> Portland is your 13th place team. Or the Jazz, if they just completely, if the bottom falls off, out, yeah. bottom, underneath, whatever. But the Lakers and Warriors... Something they, bad happens at their bottom. They're obviously win now. They want they want to be in there. They want a shot at the playoffs. And if Lakers-Warriors get into the play-in, they're probably both going to be the favorite over Minnesota and New Orleans. And if they both get in there as a 7th and 8th seed... Like if you're Denver and whoever's in second, like yeah. you're gonna be pissed. It's like really, I gotta play Golden State in the yeah. first round. So Lakers Warriors nine ten game though, that would be pretty cool. I would be yeah. rooting for a tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me the Warriors all day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Cat, thanks for being Chopper. Chopper, thanks for saving the day over at the practice facility. For Cat, for Isaac, I'm Bobby. This was The Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio and 97.1 The Freak. We're with you every single Saturday afternoon. 
on 97.1, on the YouTube, on the Spotify, on the iTunes. And we'll be back with you next week right here. So until then, do stuff. But then next week at the same time, don't go anywhere. And uh, five more seconds. Go art. Yep. Art is good.